Blog Talk Radio. Hey,
doesn't seem too long, even though it's been 30 years for most of us that work for the great company, Eastern Airlines. So we go back and we talk about Eastern, and we do that on Mondays at 1 o'clock. That's what we're doing today. Uh, today, I thought we'd talk about something a little different. We've got some callers on the board, our regular host what? for Thursdays. And let's see, I'm just going to introduce who's with us right now. Uh, Jim Holder, I see you're on the top of the board. Jim, how are you? Where are you? I'm part of the cloud, and I'm in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> where it's clear, cool, and everything's hunky-dory. <laughs> Partly cloudy. Okay. I go on down the list, and I got 631, and I know what his conditions are in his backyard. But Mike Holder, Captain Mike Holder, how are you, Mike? Where are you? You mean Mike Scott, maybe. Yeah, Mike, you got yeah, me confused. Mike, I thought my Mike son was called, was called in. I was going to say, I hope Jim's son was maybe on there. Uh, <laughs> well, up here Mike in Midtown, New York, it's a it's a clear, it's a it's a blue sky, and uh, we got snow everywhere. <laughs> what does it look like, oh. Mike? Does it look like what color is it? <laughs> Well, it's it's very pretty actually because it, when it snowed, the temperature was uh, hovering right around freezing, so all the snow is still in the trees and the bushes and all that stuff, except where anybody's driven their car and made it look ugly. But uh, to look at it where it hasn't been touched, it's very beautiful, just like the pictures. Depict. Well, mm. you're gonna hate this guy, next guy, Mike, because he's way down there in South Florida. Uh, in Fort Myers, Larry Sapp, how are you and where are you? I just said Fort hey, Myers. Hey, Neil, I'm down here in Fort Myers, Florida, and the temperature is, I think it's around 84 right now. Ooh. A really good, really good day for the beach. Uh, forget the snow. <laughs> it's, well, the uh, water's a little chilly, but good day for laying out on the beach. Yeah. And you got a lot of party uh, partiers down there since uh, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl yesterday. So, uh, and that's not too far from you. How far is Fort Myers to, from Tampa? Seems like to me about a hundred miles. Yeah, I think it's right around a hundred miles. It was. Uh, it's not that far away. Uh, yeah. The weather was real, real similar there yesterday as to what it was here. Yeah. Well, and then I see we've got someone back up in the Baltimore area that popped up on my screen, and I'm glad you did pop up. Harry, how are you? Where are you? Hey, I'm good, Neil. I'm in uh, Brunswick, Maryland today. A bright blue sky. we got a little snow left on the ground, but it's a beautiful day. Oh, good. Now, you guys be prepared to tell me all about your cars because we're going to talk about cars. You know, before the automobile, uh, we had horses. <laughs> that was our main source of travel. And I suppose those guys that rode horses, cowboys, or whatever you wanted to call them, named their horses. We know a few names that uh, uh, are very popular among horses, like Roy Rogers and Trigger and Champion of Gene Autry and, and Traveler of Robert E. Lee, and uh, to name a few. And I guess they named their travel, mode of travel, uh, whatever they wanted to. Uh, when we got automobiles, we started to give them names, too. And it was so usually associated with the companies. 
And uh, so we're going to talk about those cars. But first of all, I got several hits on the Facebook about uh, their favorite car or the car that they first owned when they first came with Eastern Airlines. So that's kind of going to be what the topic is today, along with some great car music we're going to disperse throughout the show. But uh, Arlene Clark Higgins uh, wrote me an email, and she said that her car, when she came on with Eastern, now she didn't give the date uh, when she came on with Eastern, but her first car was a Volkswagen convertible, and it was baby blue. And Alicia Barroso uh, said that her first car, first car with Eastern was an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Then I got an email from Frances Rivera, Frances H. Rivera, and she said, I started Eastern in September of 67, and I bought a red 67 Datsun. It cost under $2,000. Wow. Then I got a, uh, another email from Dick. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing this right. I'm going to spell it C-H-E-N-O-W-E-T-H, Dick Chenoweth, I suppose. And he was a mechanic with Eastern. And Dick said that his was a, a new 64 Pontiac Tempest four-cylinder stick shift, no frills, $2,300. And he says, I put 190,000 miles on that car and replaced only one clutch and sold it to the fellow mechanic who was still driving it around in 1989. Now, can't beat that. What a good car that was. A Pontiac. They don't even, don't even make them anymore. And I'm going to come to mine, and you guys are going to tell me what you own. Mine, in 1963, when they sent me up to Washington, D.C., Peggy and I bought a brand spanking new out of the showroom, 1963 Blue Chevy Nova, four-door. Beautiful car. Chevy Nova. Now, I'm going to start with the top of the line here on my board. And, Jim Holder, what did you have when you first came with Eastern? When I came with Eastern Airlines, I had the most beautiful car I think I've ever had. It was a 1960 Ford Starliner. Garden turquoise was the color, white leather interior, beautiful car, chrome fender skirts, white sidewall tires, just a wonderful car. And uh, I bought it in 1960, right before I went to pilot training in Craig Air Force Base, and I was voted the, just voted the prettiest car at Craig Air Force Base. Of course, I was about the only one voting, but uh, that's the way it was. But that car <laughs> not had the a problem. Driver. <laughs> yeah, that car had a problem. Uh, I started out with a Ford Chevrolet. It lasted about a year. Then I got a 51 Mercury, and it lasted a year and a half. And then I had a 53 Chevrolet Bel Air with power slide, not power glide. It was power slide. And it was named Sam, not Samantha, but Samantha, not Sam. But anyhow, get me back to my 60 Ford. It was a demonstrator. And demonstrators were cars that people came and they drove around in the Ford company there in Jackson, Mississippi. This was a demonstrator. And I bought it. It had about, I don't know, 6,500 miles on it or something like that. And it was a beautiful 
car. And just the air conditioning and just the whole best car I ever had at the time. And But I found out about a year and a half later it had a problem. Because before the days of high dis, high what did it call it? High, uh, high uh, hydromatics. You know the oil, no the oil, engine oil. It was high detergent. It didn't yeah. have high detergent back then. They had regular oil, and they never changed the oil and filter in that car when I bought it. Back in those days, you changed oil about every fifteen hundred miles, and it went yeah. all those thousands of miles. And boy, I said it had it about two years. It started having problems with the valves. Bow push rods. I mean, it was just a mess. And I fought that the whole time, uh, <laughs> that car. It still looked good, but it didn't run very good. Uh, yeah. But uh, and, uh, I took it to Chicago, and it had two winters up there, and it looked like hell when I left there. But I went to New Jersey, and it even looked any worse over there with all the salt on the snow and everything. And I brought it to Atlanta in 65 when I finally made it back down south. And the only reason I made it from New Jersey, I mean, uh, yeah, New Jersey down here was because it's pretty much downhill all the way coming to Atlanta. And it made it down here. <laughs> and it became my airport car because I knew damn well it could make Atlanta Airport before it overheated or something like that. So I don't know. But it was a beautiful okay. car. But by the time, you know, it's, uh, I, I mean, it had a terrible ending. I gave it to my mother, I got it running real good, gave it to my mother. And she started having trouble, and so she gave it to a guy at Mississippi State Board of Health. He put a new engine in it, and about three days later, had a snowstorm, and a road grader came through and tore it up. Had oh, that boy. new engine in it, so that's that was the end it. of my 64. Well, we're going to talk was. a little bit more about cars. I want to ask uh, uh, Mike Scott. Uh, I got it right <laughs> that time, didn't I, Mike? What did you come <laughs> yeah. uh, to the to the company with what kind of car did you arrive with Eastern? Well, I had a I had a bunch of '55 Chevy. Well, a bunch. I had uh, actually three '55 Chevys, and I had two '57s. But when I started to work with Eastern Airlines, I had a, uh, a what I called a family model '57 Chevy. It was a four door. We used to call them a stagecoach because it had four doors, and <laughs> mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was ugly yellow with a black top, automatic. <laughs> A small eight-cylinder. I bought it. I had bought it when I was uh, just about getting ready, getting uh, when I left McGuire Air Force Base to go to Vietnam. I was driving home in in a '55 Chevy that looked almost the same, and I went by the Chevrolet dealer and I and I saw it sitting in the lot, and I came by the next day and bought it. So and I think I paid like 325 bucks for it. But uh, when I showed up at Eastern Airlines in late '67 to, to uh, for my first job there, I was driving that old uh, stagecoach '57, yellow and black '57 Chevy. <laughs> you sure? Are you sure it didn't come out of the uh, uh, used uh, checker cab? It sounded like a checker cab to me. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, it was uh, it was it was a it was a good running car, but it just uh, didn't have the it wasn't a very pretty color. But uh, the shape that it was in and the price that they wanted for it, I couldn't turn it down at at, uh, at uh, GI Pay. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Well, I'm gonna play a I'm gonna play a song right here, a car song. I suppose it is. It's called Pontiac Blues. Now, all of these songs that I got for you today our songs dating way back in in our car days with Eastern and this Pontiac Blues I don't know I forgot who the recording artist was 
But let's hear a little bit of Pontiac Blues Up. If I don't like it, I'm just going to stop the record. But here it is, Pontiac <laughs> Blues. <laughs> Sound more like a train. about enough of Pontiac Blues. <laughs> I'm going to ask my best friend in high school, still one of my best friends, Larry Saps with me. He was a mechanic with Eastern. And Now, Larry, you can start off with the cars that uh, you owned when you and I were in high school, if you like. Just tell me, what did you own? I had, I remembered in high school, I had uh, a 54, no, uh, a fifty something Ford. What did you have? It was. Uh, let's see. In high school, my my first car was a thirty nine Ford coupe. Thirty nine Ford yeah. coupe. Yeah, back then the the forties and nineteen forty Fords, the coupes were real popular. Everybody and their brother had one just about that could find one, and they were really good to fix up. So they were yeah. really popular then. 
How about when you came with, with Eastern? Now, you came with Eastern. Probably I forgot the date, but what did you then then have? Well, when I started with Eastern in 68, uh, I had a Honda. I think I had a Honda hatchback back then. And okay. since then, my car history is kind of boring because I stuck with Hondas all up until today. <laughs> and yeah. I've got a Honda. Uh, a uh, Honda CRV touring now, and they've all been trouble-free cars and uh, really reliable was the main reason I had them. But that's been my story. Well, you know, I remember you and I both uh, polishing our cars a lot yeah. underneath <laughs> underneath a shade tree down in Miami, and uh, we tried to keep them shiny and. And clean for the for the girls we hope to have sitting alongside of us uh, uh, now and then every once in a while, but uh, those were the days, yeah. And you know, yeah. back you and I were talking back in those days, the old cars. Uh, we prided ourselves that if we had a mechanical problem, that usually it resulted in either electrical or fuel problem, but we could fix that because. We had uh, we had uh, points and plug, plug. We could change the points on the car. We could use that feeler gauge to gap that uh, <laughs> that uh, whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, we points. yeah, we worked on the cars. Don't do that anymore nowadays, do we? No, too high tech. Too high tech. Yeah, yeah. You could always, always gap the points with a with a match with a book of matches because that was sixteen thousands. That was where yeah. the gap was usually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Very good, Mike. Now, I got to, I got to talk to Harry. Harry, what did you have a long time ago? Well, uh, my first car was a nineteen fifty six Chevrolet Bel Air four door white, ugly. Uh, oh, drove like no. a tank, but I was proud of that car. Ain't, <laughs> ain't car nothing ugly about a Bel Air. Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> and when I, that's the car I had when I started to work for Eastern in 1967. And uh, I drove that, and then I found me the greatest car I've ever owned was a 1967 GTO. Okay. Love that car. Oh, oh yeah. That was a yeah. yep. yeah. good-looking car. I drove I drove that for a while, and then my uncle made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I had to sell it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, those are some mighty interesting cars. Uh, the oldest one, the 39 Coupe. Larry, I don't remember that one. But, uh... <laughs> that one hardly ever ran. <laughs> hardly ever I ran. I I drove it. Yeah. Had a better looking grill in the forty. Yeah, yeah exactly. That the thirty nine wasn't popular, but the forties were really popular because they were good looking cars. But you know, uh, Harry, I owned a Bel Air too, and I uh, I had a job uh, using a Bel Air station wagon, uh, Chevrolet Bel Air. Was it a Bel Air station wagon? Yeah. And uh, uh, during school, I used that car for delivery of people. My mother owned a beauty shop on Miami Beach, and and uh, and I was a driver 
taking her customers back to their swanky homes, hoping to receive a tip. <laughs> and uh, and I did. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. A Bel Air. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you guys, where do you, you, do you remember where the high beam for the headlights activator was on cars in the 50s and 60s? Uh, certainly. Where? Left foot. <laughs> Yeah, left foot. Well, it was on, right into your left foot. Yeah, yeah. on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, when did they bring them up to the uh, steering column, I wonder? Oh, well, golly. They, they actually, <laughs> a lot of them to... went to the, to the, to the left hand, the T-handle that you used to pull up for a while before yeah. they went to the, to the, went to the, before they went to the foot-operated uh, one. Yeah. Okay, and do um, you remember? Well, Neil. I don't. Yeah, Jim. Well, when you get a chance, I want to tell you about my first car. But go ahead. Well, I, I tell you what. You'll tell me right after I play this next car record okay. here. <laughs> right. Now this is called right. "Back Seat of a Cadillac." This song is All called right. "The Back Seat of a Cadillac." So listen to yeah. the lyrics real closely and <laughs> see what's There's going on. There's more back room there. back there. Yeah, here we go. Let's see what it sounds like. I don't even know who's who's singing it, but we'll find out. Time in the late '80s, actually. That's no, I, I vaguely no. remember it. I don't know who did it. Yes, mm. you'll never guess who who sang it and wrote it. And uh, in 1971, that song was written and recorded by Paul and Linda McCartney. Have you ever heard uh, of Paul McCartney? 
Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, golly. That's pretty good. Uh, in the back seat of my Cadillac. All right. Very good. Now, all right, Jim, tell your story. Okay. All right. Uh, it was a 1940 Chevrolet Coupe, you know, just like we were talking oh, about maybe. that Ford Coupe. This was a Chevrolet Coupe. And it had, uh, I don't know how many miles it had on it. Probably been changed about 25 times. Anyhow, by the time I got it, it was worn out, and I didn't know it. And I paid $220 for it at the Ford place, but I bought it on layaway. And I was <laughs> hopping cars at the pig stand barbecue there in Jackson, Mississippi, and cutting grass in the summer. And by the end of the summer, I had enough money to go get my car that was on layaway. And boy, was it a bad deal. That car was worn out. It had built-in shock absorbers on the front wheels, and you couldn't just go out there and take a shock absorber off and put a new one on. You had to replace the entire front end. And so it wow. went down the road every time going up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> and it had a vacuum shift, but I don't, I'd don't, i never heard a vacuum shift before and never wanted to hear it again, but the gear shift lever was real short because it was vacuum boosted. And so, boy, I, the first winter I had it, you know, was pretty cold. <laughs> And I had that little old vacuum thing, and it wouldn't work very well. And it had a plastic tip on it about four inches long, and that's what you grab. you got to realize that this was a short handle to begin with. And one cold morning, I couldn't get that thing into second gear, and I was whamming and whamming and broke that piece of plastic off. And it <laughs> cut my wrist, and my wrist went by. So now I'm bleeding going down the road here and still in first gear. But the problem was, from then on, you couldn't shift gears on that thing because you had about oh. six inches of a metal sticking out, and you had and it had this, all that vacuum linkage that didn't work was acting as a drag on it, and that car just was just drove me absolutely nuts. And uh, I got rid of it with about six months later and got me a '51 Mercury. But uh, okay. that, that wow. little car, it was a hot car back in 1940. I could just see these guys with that car with the white wall tires and that vacuum shift and road and, oh, man. But it was worn ass out by the time I got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, good car for a good car for a uh, my partner and I back in yesteryear. We took a 40 Chevy and we, of course, it wasn't even running when we got it. Uh, we, we put a, mm -hmm. a, a V8 Chevy in it and a old Chevy drivetrain and a later model and all that. Use it at the drag strip. But I could, that's yeah, a whole I other story. You won, you won a lot of races with that. Fooled a guy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, with the 51 Merc, boy, that was a snazzy car, Jim. Uh, Mercury, yeah. and I can just visualize most of those Mercuries we used to customize cars in some mm -hmm. form of fashion and i remember one of the things that i liked on that mercury uh was the sleekness of it uh and uh mm -hmm. also they came with the with the uh, uh golly what do you call them the uh the, the fender skirts fender skirts mm -hmm. and uh, also the sun visors yeah the sun visors they put sun yeah. visors mm -hmm. Metal sun visors mm -hmm. across the top of a lot of cars. I mean, uh, yeah. what was the name of that big catalog company that was selling all sorts of parts back in those J. days? J.C. Whitney. J.C. Whitney. J.C. And seat covers were by Finger Hut. You remember Finger Hut? Rayco. Yeah. Rayco seat covers. 
That 51 Mercury was a good car for Dayton because it had a big back seat back there. I'll tell you. It oh, is. yeah. Ooh, now Unfortunately, the truth I never get out. many gals to want to get back there with me. The only problem I had. <laughs> well, that, that front seat, I tell you what, you, you had to, we had a co-pilot. <laughs> you know, your your girlfriend was your co-pilot doing all the shifting of the gears. And yeah, I don't know whether right. putting it on high beam or low beam, or whether that foot would reach all the way over there. But uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun back in those days. And and uh, the suicide knobs, I remember strapping one onto my wheel, my steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And you remember we mm-hmm. used to have pinups. Uh, yep. We'd go mm-hmm. and, and uh, bracket that thing on our steering wheel. And, and uh, if we wore long sleeve shirts, when we let go and hoping the thing would wheel back to a neutral position, it'd catch our sleeve and our shirt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think that's why they call them suicide knobs. But uh, mm-hmm. and curb feelers, you remember curb feelers? Sure. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, mm-hmm. why, what was the purpose of a curb feeler? Tell me. Well, let you know you're about to hit a curb. You can hear it, you can hear it rubbing course. the curb. Yep. To mm-hmm. keep those white walls clean. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brillo pad. That's right. A lot of that swacko to keep those white walls clean. Now, when I was when I was uh, a flight instructor and uh, instructing uh, students, and they just didn't know where the uh, earth was and the wheel, and uh, I thought to myself, you know, a good invention right about now on a on a Piper Cub, where I'm, I was instructing on a Piper Cub and uh, Ronco Champs back in the day, I thought, well, you could put a curb feeler and stick that sucker down so it would. Uh, register some kind of uh, noise in the cockpit that you were about six inches from from the ground with your wheel. <laughs> I never did well, he, uh, they, pursue they that. They used to have them. They had the static wicks that used to drop down. The, the, you know, don't you remember on the 727? They used to have the, the little wick hanging down. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't uh, for that I, purpose. It was for static, though, you know. Yeah, uh, You yeah. couldn't hear it over that engine noise, though. No, yeah. no. <laughs> but I could have been a multimillionaire, a billionaire probably right now with the curb feelers for airplanes. They could probably mm-hmm. use them today. Yeah. Now, here's some here's some interesting stuff I found. Uh can you tell me any of you guys what was the first automatic transmission installed in a car? So the first Probably a Cadillac Hydromatic. Hydromatic. You're right. Mm-hmm. What car? What company? Mm-hmm. Give me the name of the company. Cadillac. General nope. Motors. General Motors. General Motors. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they that was also the first air conditioned American car with, I think, a 52 Cadillac. Something like that. 52 Cadillac. Now, what, what was that automatic transmission uh, called on a Buick? Dynaflow. 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 Uh, Dynaflow. Whoa, or d- Dynaslow, as we used to call it. Dynaslow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you guys are really messed up here. You done brought on my favorite question. What <laughs> did, transmission did the 54 Buick have? A lot of them. 54 Dynaflow. Buick. Hmm? A 54 Buick. Well, the Chevrolet had the power glide, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, power slide, I call it. But no, the, some 54 Buicks, 
I think it was 54, had hydromatics because the Dynaflow yeah. factory caught fire and burned up, and they had to put, they had <laughs> in certain 54s, they had to put the hydraulic, I mean, uh, the, uh, golly, I got a mental block here. It wasn't Dynaflow, it was a hydromatic, and they had to put them in there. And uh, I guess that'd be a rare car to find that with that transition. Yeah. What was and I Ford's, believe that I'm on firm ground when I said that. Hmm? Yeah. What was Ford's yeah. auto transmission called? Ford-O-Matic. ford There you go. Or, yeah. or, or later, the Cruise-O-Matic. You know, cruise Yeah, what was – I got a question for you. What was uh, on the Ford uh, transmission-wise before uh, Ford-O-Matic came along, an extra something or another? In the Ford and Mercury too, I think. But I know for a Ford it did. It had a an automatic three-speed transmission, three-speed transmission, and it had something called overdrive. Overdrive, overdrive, oh, yeah. yeah. Overdrive. We were yeah. talking about automatics here. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, overdrive. Well, I, overdrive. I got you off automatics. <laughs> overdrive. Yeah. Well, the Chevys also had a uh, they had a turbo glide, which was had an extra an extra what do you call it uh, selection? It was called GR for grade. Mm. Okay. Well, what did the '51 Dodge have? Yeah. '51 Dodge. Fluid drive. Do- fluid fluid drive. drive. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, you could start one. off in third gear if you wanted to. <laughs> which one? You which had car a, had, had a fluid clutch, had a fluid clutch in it. Yeah, right. How about yeah, the push-button transmit selections, the push-buttons? Which which car companies came out with the push-buttons? What did it well, Ford, Ford had Ford had one with the, on the Edsel. It had right in the middle of the steering column. They had the, yeah. the push-buttons. Yeah. I thought it was Chrysler. Yeah. Chrysler came out with that. Yeah, yeah the Chrysler Imperial had it also yeah. on the dashboard. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Push right there in the middle of the wheel. Yeah. 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 If, I, if I remember right, the uh, Buick Electra didn't have a variable pitch transmission that didn't shift. Variable pitch? <laughs> no, he's right. Yeah. They, they did have something really? like that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It was no shifting. It was a smooth, no noticeable shift. It was right. Smooth yeah. All the way. You couldn't feel the shift at all, huh? No. no. Yeah. Well, interesting. Very interesting stuff there you guys are talking about. I think it's time to load up another uh, record on here. I, I, I found one that's called Stick Shift. Can you believe a, a song called Stick Shift? Why not? Let's hear not what, really. that, Could be like the little, little Nash Rambler. Yeah, well, here's Stick Shift for you. I don't know who's singing or what it's all about. Might, might not like it and it might turn it off. So here we go. This is a song that was written while driving in an automobile. It's called Stick Shifts and Safety Belts. We hope you like it. Stick Shift and Safety Belts. Stick Shifts and Safety Belts. Bucket seats have all got to go when we're driving. In the car, it makes my baby seem so funny. You here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. I need you to be here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. All right. Yeah, but when we're 
living in my Malibu It's easy to get right next to you I say, baby, scoot over, please And then she's right there next to me I need you here with me Not way over in a bucket seat I need you to be here with me Not way over in a bucket seat All right have all got to go when we're driving in the car. It makes my baby seem so far. I need you here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. I need you to be here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. All right, awesome. Son of a trick question for you, if you want one. Yeah. On a 53 or a 54 Chevrolet with power glide, not power slide, uh, and you stopped on the hill, what was a good idea to do if you stopped on the hill and you were going to leave the car? Get out. Turn the wheel. Turn the wheel. Turn the wheel. Okay. What else? The law in California. Put the parking brake on. Put the brake on. What else could you do? Did put you put it in, it in park. park? No, put, it put, didn't have put, a park. Put shocks it didn't under, have a park. <laughs> behind the rear wheels. Put, put it in, put it in glad, R for race. <laughs> yeah, Power Glad didn't have a park. You had to put it in reverse. Really? Uh, Later really? on, they had a park. But the 53 and 54, you, you didn't leave it in neutral, you know. So you had to put it in park. I put it in reverse. I got it. You rolled it off down the hill. My goodness. <clears throat> and I had a 53 Bel Air. That's how I know that. Okay. No part. Hey, Neil. Yeah, Harry. Hmm? Harry? Well, we, we mentioned the 56 Chevy, and, and Jim mentioned that car with the uh, vacuum-assisted transmission. The 56 Chevy I had, the, the windshield wipers were acu- activated by a vacuum, which was yeah. great, yeah. except yeah. when you were driving up <laughs> in the mountains. I remember going through a terrible rainstorm one time in that thing, going up the mountains, and you didn't have mm-hmm. no windshield wipers. You had to wait till yeah. it started going downhill, then oh it started working yeah. again. <laughs> and boy, that was terrible. And if you went to pass somebody on a two-lane highway, you know, you pull out the pass, and all of a sudden you can't see where you're going, you know. <laughs> That's right. You, you hope no nobody's power. coming at you. <laughs> 56 oh, Chevrolet, yeah. if you had the standard engine in there with the one four-barrel or the, or the two-barrel on it, it had the vacuum windshield wipers. But if you had the high-performance engine with the two four-barrels on it, it had electric windshield wipers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, when I, I went I, to I, Atlanta – I... go ahead, Larry. Uh, I didn't, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, was that Harry? I, I, I was just going to say I, I, I had the uh... – 
I had the low rent version, the two barrel. I didn't have the four barrel. <laughs> low rent version. <laughs> Did you guys do your own brake lining and all that stuff? Uh, put changing. Oh yeah. Did you do that yeah, in the cars? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Larry, do I know what you. To them? Change brakes and all that stuff. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did everything. Yeah. Yeah. You name yeah. it, we did it. We had to change. Back then, you actually had to change spark plugs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sure did. Yeah. yeah. Put new put new shock absorbers on them. All. Yeah. Did a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mufflers were always going out. Did it? Did any of you well, guys? You had to, if you had the Smitty steel packs on it, it made a lot of noise. Ah, you didn't have to worry about them rusting yeah. out. Mike, yeah. you just hit the word because Smitty's mufflers. Yeah. Larry, right. you remember that. Smithy steel packs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I got Those a few tickets for them. <laughs> and uh, I remember we used to have a, a friend of ours in uh, uh aviation shop, and his name was Raby. I think it was Raby or something like that, wasn't it? Andrew, yeah. Andy Raby. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he Andrew. had a Willis. Didn't he have that old Willis? Uh, yeah. Willis car, and and he had installed it one of those cowbells or some kind of bell that you could hit with your foot and Bermuda ring that be- bell. Bermuda bell. <laughs> yeah, Bermuda bell. That Bermuda bell. Yeah. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. They had the Every wolf, time you saw a girl walk also. down the street, you hit that bell. <laughs> Neil, can I tell you a story about my 51 Mercury working on it? Yeah. It had some kind of transmission problem. And a friend of mine, you had to, we lost low gear is what it was. I don't know what happened, but uh, I had to start off in second all the time. So he said, well, bring it over to my house and you know, we'll put a, 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 what do you call it, a first and reverse uh, deer cluster or something on the transmission. And hell, I didn't know what was going on. So I said, all right. So we pulled it into his garage out behind his house. And got a jack, and one of these kind that you pull on ropes, like a, what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about. And he put it on a rafter up above there. So he pulled that thing and raised my car up about three feet and got underneath there and looked at it and said, "Yeah, I think we can do this. I know I got to go in to get some riches." And so he got out, and about that time, <laughs> the, that two by four up there broke the whole damn car out. <laughs> back down on the ground. <laughs> that, that was the end of me getting my transmission. But that could have killed that guy, you know. Oh, for that sure. Big old heavy mercury, yeah. But he had it on an old two by four up there. He pulled that thing off. God <laughs> Almighty, that scared it. I think that scared him, thinking he could have been underneath there working on that thing. You know, what was the cheapest car you ever got? Uh, uh, bought, rather. Dollar wise. Dollar wise. New, new or used? New or used? It doesn't matter. Dollar wise. Well, you had, remember had, we used to have the low price three. Remember Ford, Chevy, and Plymouth. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I was, I got one ve- free, and it was oh, a <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was a forty nine DeSoto, forty nine DeSoto, and it had a stick shift, of course, and the way I received it free was I taught this guy to fly and got him his private license. And uh, he used to drive that thing back and forth to the airport out there at Tamiami Airport where I taught him. And uh, he became a real good friend. I taught him for his ground school. He was a CPA for a big company called Munts TV. 
You ever heard of Munch TV, Larry, down there in Miami? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They were popular back then. Yeah, and uh, he told me, he said, Neil, he said, you really like my car. You see me drive to the airport all the time. And I, I said, yeah, I like that. It's a neat car. Oh, but <laughs> otherwise, and it looks like it's in good shape. He said, well, he said, when I get my private license, that car belongs to you. <laughs> and did, mm. did you know mm. he got his private and he gave me the keys to that car? Mm. Like 49. Car. Yeah, DeSoto. Uh, DeSoto. I drove it around for a little bit and uh, down there in Miami Springs where I was living at the time. But interesting car to receive for free. Like the old Ky- Kaiser Fraser. Nobody remembers those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I remember the Henry J. Henry oh, yeah. J. Yeah. 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 My dad has one. Make race cars out of them. <laughs> yeah. Your dad had one? Yeah, he bought one brand new. and I He let me drive it one time and I darn near wrecked it. <laughs> I said, I don't think I better drive this anymore. He wouldn't be too happy if I wrecked his new car. <laughs> Larry, let me let me see if I can remember this right. I don't want to embarrass you or anything or talk about something that you might not want to talk about. But I remember your dad, and the best I can recall, he was uh, he was a detective, high rank detective with the Miami Police Force, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a homicide detective uh, captain. And, and he solved a, a case down there, a very uh, sensational case down there, as I recall. He had quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. One of them, one of them was a girl that they had the horse up on the diving board at the hotels on the beach. Yeah. And they had, this guy had his daughter on the back of the horse, and she got seriously injured when the horse jumped off the diving board. Oh, jeez. I, I think she ended up dying, and he was in on that case. Oh, my golly. <laughs> yeah. well, how'd the horse make out? <laughs> yeah, the horse. And I think the horse survived. But she either got seriously injured or, or got killed. Yeah. Well, interesting. Uh, he, was very, on, very... Of, he was on a lot of... He was on a lot He was on a lot of great different cases. Yeah, I got a yeah. phone call when I was in high school one time for, for me not to come home because some guy he put in jail was broke out of jail and had threatened the killing. So I said, I don't think I'll be coming home then. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, let's get back was, to cars. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's here's a good song. I'm play a few uh, chords of it, and uh, I know you all recognize this. This song and uh, and the car and uh, it was called a hot rod. Oh, 
singer. Hank Williams. Johnny, Johnny Cash, Cash, wasn't he? Johnny Cash, but Hank Williams, yeah. Johnny Cash. Johnny oh, Cash. my God. <laughs> Johnny Cash. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Hey, so uh, Neil, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you've got it on the program, but, but one of my favorite car songs is One Piece at a Time by Johnny Cash. Yeah, he, he, he talks yeah. about working in the factory and getting a, bringing home a piece at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll look that one up for our next show. One piece at a time. Larry, what do you have mm-hmm. to say? I was going to ask if anybody remembers the uh, Studebaker Aventi. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Studebaker. yeah. Yeah, Studebaker. Oh, the Avanti, the fiberglass car. Yeah, yeah. Avanti, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a real but, popular one here, right? 1963, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, that's uh, anyway. We got to talk about the little Ford, the little Volkswagen Beetles, though, hadn't we? Oh yeah, I got a Beetle. I got a Beetle story. Go ahead. Anybody wants to start I, the Beetle stories off? Let me <laughs> let me tell you about my wife. She ran that Volkswagen Beetle out of gas twice in one day. Now, how could you do that? Is the <laughs> it wasn't shopping day. Heard a friend ran out of gas twice in a Volkswagen bug. <laughs> well, I think I've owned about I've owned about three of them. And uh, I'll tell you the story, two stories real quick. One, I went up to New York in the blizzard of 78. And I've already told that story a couple of times, a little yellow beetle. But uh, it was about a 65 uh, Volkswagen. And I remember I turned it over to my daughter. And uh, my daughter, when she was going to high school, and I never did check back with her until I had to, do something with the car. I forgot, drive it out of the driveway or do something with it. But uh, here she'd been driving it for about a year, maybe a year and a half or so. And uh, and I got in that car and I put the clutch in and that clutch went right on down to the floor and nothing happened. And she had burned that clutch out. And I said, darling, I called her out. I said, darling, how do you, how do you get this thing from first to second? She said, what do you mean? She's just, just, just drive it. <laughs> and she had turned that car into an auto automatic transmission somehow or another. She had tore that clutch completely out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lordy. We had a guy that, when I was, I was in the I Air mean, Force. Uh, one second. This is my second story. I had my, my oh, okay. button touched out here, Mike. But I was commuting from Pensacola to Atlanta, and I had a Volkswagen. And I was driving to my commuter apartment in Atlanta, got the car, the Beetle car, and drove down. And I was downtown Atlanta, and I saw flames behind me. Flames were coming out of the of the trunk of that Volkswagen bug where the engine was and I stopped on the expressway. This is downtown, right on the expressway, before the mm-hmm. overpass. You you remember those, Jim. And I pulled mm-hmm. off to the side, don't know how. I think it was on a weekend, not much traffic. And I opened the the uh, lid of the hood in the back and Flames leaped out at me. <laughs> Flames. <laughs> the, the little 
hose had come off and somehow the spark plug had ignited the flames back there and raw gas was coming out. I had not, I, I had, I shut it off. So I had some towels. I think we had used that car to, for something. I don't know what, but I ran it. I got to the back and got those towels out and threw around that engine and shut the uh, fire off. Did you know mm. I was, I was, uh, I had the nerve to see where the fuel was leaking, and I pushed that thing back up uh, to the little edge there out of the carburetor, it seems like, and I drove that car right on home, but it had caught fire on me. Now, that's my two Volkswagen stories. <laughs> well, you had one of the only Volkswagens with an afterburner on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a video camera. Well, I had days. the one I was the one I was going to say is one I, I never owned one. My dad had a few of them. That's enough, but that's another long story. Just a short one here, which is when I was at McGuire Air Force Base and uh, an enlisted uh, low class guy, and uh, we, we had a staff sergeant. This this colored guy was Sergeant Brown. And he had he had a '49 Ford that he was driving around, and it, it burned more oil than gas. And he finally ended up buying a brand new Volkswagen. So he used to leave it. And back in those days, he never locked the bonnet in the front or locked the doors or anything. And, and he used mm-hmm. to leave it at the fabrication branches. So we'd sneak out there, and we kept adding gas to his tank all the time. And he'd come in every couple of days and keep bragging about how, what kind of mileage he was getting out of this. He says, I'm getting 30 miles to a gallon. I'm getting 40 miles to a gallon, 50 miles to a gallon. Then we stopped putting the gas in. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Mike. Oh, Neil, Neil, I, I had a Volkswagen one time, and what I remember about that car is that we were living in Chicago, and in the winter time, uh, I remember taking my kids. I think we had three kids at the time in December. That thing basically had no heater in it, and having to scrape the inside of the windshield to see where you were going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. Yep, cold days. How about yep. those Volk, the Volkswagens, uh, the early ones that had the turn signals that used to come out of the window post, out of the uh, the little lit up ones for for your turn signal. Uh, anybody remember those in the early Volkswagens? Yeah. yeah, that was Hitler days, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hey Neil. <laughs> yeah. Well. When I was when I just uh, when I was at Eastern, uh, I had a Volkswagen, and it was a real cool one. It had a, a real small steering wheel that was wood. Wood, the wheel itself was wood. And I, after I got tired of driving the thing, I ended up giving it to my daughter, and she went to work out at Palmetto Expressway one day, and was coming home from work. At 50 miles an hour and heavy traffic, and she saw something go by her, and she looked out and it was her wheel. The wheel came off the dog on Volkswagen, oh and went flying <laughs> by her. Yeah, luckily she didn't get killed. Uh, but what happened was back then I, I guess they didn't put cotter keys in the nuts. Instead, they had a clamp that you tighten down to keep the nuts from coming loose. And the thing came loose, and the wheel came off. Yeah. My golly. That, My goodness. That was scary. Any, does <laughs> yeah. anybody remember that the engine blocks in those old Volkswagens were made out of magnesium? 
Pineapple <laughs> mm, No, I didn't know. No. Hmm. Oh, but they didn't have much of a back seat, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you couldn't entertain you any back. women that can vouch for that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I uh I took my kids uh when I had the Volkswagen up in New York and Blizzard of seventy eight. <clears throat> I got uh, my my daughter and her best friend was Stu Gleason's and you remember Stu Gleason, Jim Ho- Holder. Yep, and and, mm-hmm. and uh Tracy and we that was my daughter's best friend and got her and one more of their friend, my son, his best friend and they all uh, flew for Eastern, and we all got passes, and they came up to Mother Greaves, where I had my house, and uh, we stayed there one night. They stayed there one night, then drove the Volkswagen up to Albany, New York, went over to, uh, the, what's the state next to it, Vermont, and went skiing. Now, all of those kids and myself and all their luggage in a Volkswagen, can you believe it? <laughs> There were five kids and myself and all of their luggage in a Volkswagen. Man. Was it a rabbit or a Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus? It was a little yellow beetle. Yeah, it looked like a circus. coming up. In the circus, they used about, no skis, about 10 guys to get out of it. We all rented skis, yeah. <laughs> but God, what a Volkswagen could do. I tell you what, what a fabulous and why in the world did they get rid of that car in America? Well, <laughs> the old Farfic Farfic Nugan, that's what they call it, right? A Farfic Nugan. Farfic Nugan. That's that's Nugent. German for a Volkswagen. Farfic Nugan. Oh, okay. Oh, really? but, yeah. but it was safety issues is why they couldn't uh, uh maintain or sell that car in America anymore, right? Safety reasons. Well, I didn't know that, but maybe it was. I could understand why, you know. Well, they they were building them down in Mexico for for quite a while before they brought them back here. Well, I know how many of you guys had a rabbit? Do you ever have a rabbit? I had no, the first they made them seventy five nope. rabbit and and it That's was not a did, good yeah. car. They put a diesel in that good. car too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Later on, yeah. But mine was gasoline and and uh, the push rods are. When a push rod goes up and down, and that wore out, and I ended up getting a new engine because I was free. Yeah, and, wow. Uh, but it still was a bad car. Well, Didn't one they more have song. Something that was called the, they had a Volkswagen. It was called the Thing too at one time, and I guess it was like a yeah, it was like a pickup yeah, truck a, or something. And yeah, it was yeah, very right. long, but they called it the Thing. <laughs> it was like a like a square van. A friend of mine had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, one more song. It's called right. Little Deuce, Little Deuce Coop, a Little oh. Deuce Coop. And guess who the singers Beach are? Boys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 